Hello, and welcome to the Brutally Honest Books podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Gerrand, and I'll be giving you my honest thoughts on the books I read. While the reviews will be short and to the point, they'll include everything you want to know without any spoilers to help you figure out what you should read next. So with that said, let's jump right in. Hello, and welcome back to Autobiography April. I mentioned at the end of last week's episode, which was Spare by Prince Harry, that two of the episodes this month are books that also coordinate with a documentary. And obviously last week's episode was Spare, and there is the Harry and Meghan documentary on Netflix, which if you haven't seen, what are you doing? You should absolutely go watch it. The book ends up covering way more of the timeline than just the documentary covers. And even when the documentary does end up lining up with the book in terms of the timeline, there are way more details in the book than the documentary gets into. And the same thing can be said for this book slash documentary, which is about Pamela Anderson. So I actually watched the documentary first, which I think is just titled Love Pam on Netflix. I actually loved the documentary so much that since I knew I was doing autobiography April, I wanted to read her book and include it in this month's episodes. And just to reiterate that point, like I said, the same with the Harry and Meghan documentary, even though this book also covers the same timeline as the documentary, there are way more details in the book than they go into in the documentary. So if you are somebody who, you know, watches the documentary, I don't want you to think that it's a waste of your time or your money to also read the book. And I have no idea what the age demographic is of my listeners. I have no idea if it's, you know, older listeners, let's say, maybe in the, you know, Gen X boomer category, or if it's millennials like myself, or if it's Gen Z, I have no idea. The only reason I mention it is because I feel like every generation probably has a very different relationship to or perspective of Pamela Anderson. Personally, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I do feel like boomers probably have the harshest view of Pamela Anderson. Um, I do feel like it's boomers that I would probably hear more comments, you know, that maybe she's you know, trashy or, you know, whatever. Whereas millennials, we kind of grew up seeing her on, you know, Baywatch reruns or home improvement or things like that. So our timelines sort of like overlapped, but we weren't contemporaries. So she's one of these, you know, older, not that much older, but older celebrities that we would see on TV and kind of, you know, potentially look up to or at least recognize Whereas Gen Z, I feel like predominantly probably knows her as she is now. I'm aware you guys know that she's from Baywatch and know all of this stuff, but she did kind of recede from the limelight. And I think you guys maybe know her a little bit in terms of like the lore of Pamela Anderson. And then now, you know, her sort of redemption story. And I do just think that that's kind of interesting that we would all potentially have these very different perspectives on this single person. And also why it's so important for her to be able to finally tell her story, essentially. And what a story it is. 
this book, I do have to put out some content warnings for this book. So there is mention of child abuse, sexual assault, domestic abuse, suicide, etc. I think that covers it. But as you can tell, some very, very heavy topics and topics you probably wouldn't have ever known or ever expected had Pamela Anderson not decided to tell her story. So with that, let's just dive right in. So like most memoirs, this book does follow a chronological timeline. She talks about her childhood growing up on Vancouver Island and then through her adolescence all the way up to her first Playboy shoot, how fame found her, all the way through her adult years, her marriage to Tommy, her two boys, all the way to present day and her sort of, I guess you could call it redemption arc. And I am so here for it. And I don't think she used a ghostwriter for this book. And the only reason I mention that is because we talked about how Prince Harry used a ghostwriter for his, Michelle Obama used a ghostwriter as well, but I don't believe that she used one. And the only reason I mention it is because I really want to applaud her for the writing. It was very Pam Anderson in the best way. It felt very simple, honest, genuine, yet also very descriptive and she really just did a great job. It was very much her and you can really tell that it was her voice coming through in the writing. It was just really unpretentious and really relatable. And since we're still in kind of the structure of the book, something else that she does and she kind of mentions is that, you know, she's not one for hard dates. So it's not going to be like August 16th, 1980, etc., etc., right? She does say that, you know, the way that she remembers things and the way that she kind of kept journals and the way that she's going to then write about it when she's recounting it is through a soft lens, quote unquote, which is a phrase that I love because not only does it do a perfect job of describing how she's going to be talking about these series of events and not giving you hard dates, but it also is just a really great term in terms of what memories feel like. Like you do see it and there is a clarity to it, but it's through like a soft focus lens, you know? But to kind of get into a little bit more of the meat of the story or my takeaways from the book, I was actually so surprised to learn that she is so incredibly well-read and educated. She knows so much about different poets, different authors, art. She is very, very cultured. And, you know, obviously since the media has portrayed her as this very like blonde bimbo bombshell, you know, type of caricature, basically, it's something that I never would have known about her. And I'm so glad to know and just interested to learn about. And then there are some other things that is also touched upon in the documentary, but her love of animals, for example, and her activism work, as well as how much she cares about her sons and how much she put them first. I do think that that kind of comes across in the documentary, but even more so in the book. For example, she talks a lot about how, you know, she chose to move to, I think it was Malibu and just really raise them away from LA, away from the spotlight. And I do think that's something that her and Tommy both agreed upon. And they just wanted their boys to grow up normal and not to be these little, you know, Hollywood assholes, basically. But something else that she also did on top of that is, you know, when they hit a certain age, I don't know, maybe it's like 13, 14, I'm not really sure, but she sent them to a boarding school in Vancouver, I believe. I know it was in Canada. I might be messing up on the location. 
I think it was Vancouver, but it was in Canada, which is, you know, where she's from. And she sent them, you know, away to this amazing school, but it was a way for them to one, be further away from LA and Hollywood and that lifestyle, but two, to really, really ingrain in them this sense of independence and capability. And the boys are only separated by like, you know, a year or two. So they were both able to be there at the same time eventually. But I had no idea. And she talks about how hard it is. And she talks about just how much she cares about her boys and wanting to raise them to be really well-adjusted, respectful, successful young men. And she did, you know, from what I know, she did a fantastic job and seems like a truly, truly fantastic mother. And I do want to kind of connect that point back to what I said, which is that, you know, I think that boomers probably have the harshest perspective of Pam Anderson, when in reality, I feel like if they, you know, maybe watch the documentary or read the book, that they would actually relate to her so much more than they would think. And I mean, suburban dads, soccer moms, I really do think that their perspective on parenting is actually so aligned as well as just their values in general. And I think something else that really comes through in both the documentary and the book is just how strong-willed she is. And personally, I just respect her so much because it's just apparent how much she continually stuck to her guns throughout her life. Granted, she was completely taken advantage of financially with Baywatch in terms of the media, which we've seen the damage that the media does with Prince Harry and Meghan, which we talked about spare last week. Same thing with Pam Anderson in this episode. The media is just so unbelievably toxic and a lot of it ended up being out of her control. But for what she did have control of, she really put her foot down and like I said, stuck to her guns when she decided to, you know, leave Tommy and said, no, I'm not raising my boys in this environment. Or, you know, I want to do this. I want to model for Playboy. I want to do this shoot or I want to do this show. And she frankly didn't let the men in her life control her. And I love her for that. And obviously there is an element to her story in her book that is also, you know, on the flip side of that, very heartbreaking just because, she was taken advantage of both by the media, by Baywatch, by the men in her life continually over and over and over and over again. But it's connected to the reason that I admire her, which is, you know, fall down seven, get up eight. And the fact that she has continually gotten up and continually sought out not only the things that she wants to do, but also gotten to a point in her life where she's seeking out knowledge and peace and just the life that she wants to be living, which is now back home on Vancouver Island, you know, with, I don't know if she has like chickens, but she has some land and, you know, her parents nearby and just doing what she wants to do and enjoying her peace and her quiet and really finding herself, which is what so many people strive for. And I'm just so thrilled for her specifically considering everything that she went through, which is so traumatic, so harrowing, and so exhausting. And something you can really tell from both the documentary and her book is that Pam Anderson is a girl's girl. She just seems so supportive. And I actually had the thought that I think Pam Anderson would be the most amazing mother-in-law. Because like I said, she's just a girl's girl. She seems so supportive. She seems so fun so sweet and so 
genuine. And like I said, that just really comes across. And partly because in this book, she just doesn't hold anything back. And that's why I find it so strange for people to criticize Prince Harry for, you know, not holding anything back in his memoir. Well, Pam Anderson does the same damn thing. And I applaud both of them for that. And I will actually get into some of the things that she talks about. But that being said, she does not talk about the sex tape very much at all. Understandably why enough has been said about it. So it is kind of, I wouldn't say glossed over, but there's not a lot spoken about it. Also because it's not, you know, totally relevant to the entirety of who she is. But some details are clarified about it. For example, you know, being a millennial, I was pretty young when all of this happened. But in terms of the, you know, sex tape leaking, I had no idea that it actually isn't a true sex tape. It's actually just these snippets from home videos like thrown together. You know, she does talk about how her and Tommy like to, you know, run around naked and goof around and just be silly or whatever. But I didn't realize that that's all that it is that it's not this, you know, <laughs> traditional sex tape. That's a hilarious phrasing, but you know what I mean? So she does clarify certain things. And like I said, she also just tells a lot of really interesting stories, one of which is terrifying. And this is a stalker story. I'm going to mention it because I have a personal interest in stalker stories. I think they are just so crazy and so unhinged. And I love just like telling people about them. And she tells her story. I feel like every celebrity has one. And again, these are very scary, very spooky, really crazy. And what had happened was in her, you know, I believe fairly modest Malibu home. I also don't think she, you know, lived in this like excessive mansion or anything like that. I don't know for sure, but I think she just kind of lived in this modest home and she did have a housekeeper. And one day her housekeeper came and told her and was like, you know, Pamela or Miss Pamela, like there's somebody downstairs in your bed because there was like a guest bedroom downstairs in the basement and she was like what are you talking about and they went downstairs and there was this young woman who was either from I honestly cannot remember but she was she was a foreigner but she was from somewhere either like eastern Europe or Asia again I don't remember but point was you know from some other country and I think she'd even had like maybe a blonde wig on, but I do know that she was wearing Pam Anderson's like Baywatch bathing suit and some of her clothes. And I think she might've been even like covered in a little bit of blood because she might've like cut herself. This is not good to retell the story because normally I'm very concrete on the details, but I'm a little fuzzy on the details for this one. So you just have to read the book yourself to get all of the facts exactly right. But basically the point of the story is so terrifying and it smelled horrible down there because she had been like stealing food from upstairs and like hiding it under the bed. And even Pam like recounts how she would go grocery shopping and then like a loaf of bread would just disappear. And she would be like, am I going crazy? Did one of the boys put it somewhere? And she would just kind of like, you know, disregard it. Turns out this woman was living there for two weeks and she still has no idea to this day if she potentially went into her room while they were sleeping, into the boys' bedrooms while they were sleeping. So terrifying. Clearly she did sneak into her closet and stole some of her clothes and all of that, but oh, I just honestly can't imagine. So like I said, she really just includes so many different stories from her life, the good, the bad, the ugly. And that is what just adds to her being such a relatable queen. Like you just 
feel like you know her so well and she just feels so relatable, so down to earth. And part of that is, you know, telling all of these things that happened to her, like I said, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and not leaving anything out or anything to the imagination. Because ultimately, this is a story of her overcoming struggle, overcoming tragedy, and overcoming all of these hardships that she had to face, and just being a stronger, more centered, and self-assured person at the end of it. And for me, the documentary as well as the book just all connected the dots in terms of something that she does talk about in the book, which is that from her perspective, fame isn't something that you can seek out or you can achieve as an end goal. It's honestly just something that at the end of the day, it just happens to you. And to kind of tie it to last week's episode, (laughs) the girls from the celebrity book club memoir, you know, completely disagreed with this point. Again, another one of their hot takes. And I agree with Pam. I think that if anything, people like, you know, your Addison Rays are proof that you can't seek it out as an objective and get it as an end goal. It honestly is just going to happen to certain people or not. And it's because certain people just have this certain it factor or this certain charisma. And it can be everything from the Kardashians, because some people might use the Kardashians as you know, evidence against this, right? Where they're like, okay, well, what about them? They just sought out fame and they achieved it. Yes. But the thing is about the Kardashians is say what you will, but they are incredibly comedic and incredibly entertaining. Their show is very, very funny. Is it really vapid? Yeah, of course. But it's entertaining, truly. And I don't think that any other, you know, fame hungry family could achieve that star power because I don't think any other family would have that comedic sense or that humorous sensibility, to be honest, because there is just a certain it factor to them, whether you love them or you hate them. And I do just think that that's true of all of the people, the 1% who essentially make it in Hollywood or who end up achieving this level of fame is I do think that there's just a certain charisma, a certain it factor, and it can be everybody from, you know, as shallow and as vapid as somebody like the Kardashians to somebody who is even more down to earth and a little bit more real, a lot of other celebrities that people love. But at the end of the day, I do just agree with Pam that I do think that it is something that happens to you and not something that you can necessarily make happen for yourself. And the reason she talks about it is just to reiterate the point that this is not something that she ever sought out. And that becomes apparent in her the telling of her life story, which is all of these opportunities that just presented themselves to her. And there were opportunities that she always wanted to pursue from a photo shoot to a TV show to, you know, now doing this documentary to tell her story and this book and recently being on Broadway in Chicago. She's just always pursuing the opportunities that she wants to pursue. And I think a lot of people would actually be really amazed at what opportunities present themselves if they were just more open to these different opportunities. And not to say that a huge amount of hard work doesn't also go into it. Of course it does. But I also think that there's a certain amount of luck and there's a certain amount of just being open to it. So as you guys can obviously tell, I really enjoyed this book. It was very genuine, very heartfelt, very open and honest. And for me, I would give this book 
four out of five stars. So if this seems like something you'd be interested in, maybe you start with the documentary and then, you know, if you want to learn more or more specifics or more details, go ahead and pick up the book. You can also listen to it on Audible because she reads it herself. So I'd also highly recommend that as well. But on that note, I'm going to end the episode here. As always, you can rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. That is the biggest way to support this and what I do. You can follow along on Instagram at Brutally Honest Books, as well as on TikTok at Brutally Honest Books. And with that, I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Brutally Honest Books podcast. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. If you like the show, you can rate and review on iTunes, and be sure to follow along on Instagram at Brutally Honest Books.